0: یہ زمین یہ فلک
1: ان سے آگے تلک جتنی دنیا ہیں سب میں تیری جھلک سب naye rang se har sahar phooti hai naye rang se sabzau gul khile سب کا تو رہنما اے خدا اے خدا
2: ریڈیو رمضان 87.7 Fm ایم جس نکی جس मिल مل گیا اس کو تو سبحان اللہ آج کا اتدار صورت خدا کی اس تاریخ سے کہ ریفلیکشنز मेरे साथ मेरे मेहमान हैं एक رضوان محمد थोड़ा सा مختلف کرتے ہیں اور جی السلام علیکم شیخ
3: وعلیکم السلام ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ اور اچھی شر بینی ہیں <laughs> آج پتا چلا کہ اس شرٹ पहनी है आपने
2: हां आज पता चला कि इस शर्ट से रेडियो तो हो सकता है वीडियो नहीं हो सकती क्योंकि इसमें जो सितारे जगमगा रहे हैं उसकी जगमगाह बहुत ज्यादा है प्लेन शर्ट होनी चाहिए प्लेन लेकिन अल्लाह की निशानियों में से निशानी है कि इंसान जो है ना वो भटक जाता है और फिर इस प्रोग्राम में देखेंगे अगर वहाँ पहुँच we have been asked by some of the listeners yesterday someone phoned actually one of the imams he's been listening to the program and they said ye sura room itni lambi kyu kar diya aapne pura mahina se, six, 60 60 aate hain to ye, do nahi to teen nishaston mein to, i don't know mera khayal hai ke, we can do just like a month on sometimes in two ias if we can just some mm-hmm. of the ias you could do 30 programs on mm-hmm. for example yesterday we were saying if we want to do define corruption
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, just defining corruption could be a, a full day program, mm. a full course of what, what is corruption and okay. how we define corruption. Did we say that? Uh, you I def- said that. Yeah. Oh, you no, said no, that. I, I said that. Okay.
3: Yeah, because uh, for example, facade is um, d- disruption, corruption. It assumes you understand that there's some um, um, balance. Mm. So fitrah is the ba- the balance Din al-qayyim is the balance There's a number of um ideas in this chapter That indicate balance And equity and equality And mm. harmony So these, these terms are mentioned in the ayat Which are like the perfect way that Allah creates Human beings, creates families Creates um, stability in communities Economic This is kind of some kind of Um, harmony you have harmony between spouses you have the idea of fitra within the soul itself which is a perfect balance and perfect primordial state of of peace Um, and you have this idea of sakina so all these things are the are the opposite of facade and so facade is attacking those things so yeah that mean that would take a, a a month to explain because you know, The idea of corruption and disruption and disharmony has appeared on the on the on the in the earth and in the in the oceans because of what people have done themselves. So you could start mm. to go into relationships. You can go into um, international relations. You can go into the way that people are meddling with biology and psychology and people's perceptions of themselves and even perceptions of truth. So mm. facade. One one of the deepest manifestation of facade now is the the. The ability for people to define what they want as they want, when they want. Hmm. The truth. We're in, we're in. the. In fact, I've got. I was in Glasgow um, um, Hillhead Library, so I was in the Hillhead Library, and there was a. I just passed by, and there was a book. This is about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. which which was the. Uh, you know, imagine this: a white white cover, and then there's a child, about I think two years, two one and a half years old, and hmm. is looking up, looking really confused, like, you know, like. Hmm, hmm. Like that, okay, and then it's got the title is the post the post truth alphabet, and it was something like A is for car or something. So hmm, A is for hmm. apple, isn't it? So we all yeah, learned that yeah, a is yeah. for apple. So it said A is for you know um, chimpanzee or something. Hmm. So it was really funny because that's the post truth age. So this was kind of a mockery of the post truth age where everything is based upon personal feeling, choice, and, you know, um, inclination that people have. That's the biggest facade you can have. The way that, you know, one of the things about the Qur'an is it was revealed as a miracle, the greatest miracle of all miracles, of all prophets, essentially. Oh, oh. Because, you know, bringing people to life is just it's disrupting the biological system that God has created. But God allows people to come back to life after death. But to create a miracle in language is, is to create a miracle in the thing that defines human beings, which is communication, speech, and oh. ideas. So this is what human beings are, are are special for. So when God taught Adam all the names, the ability to speak and articulate and to think and record it is the greatest um, quality human beings have. And then so the Quran is the miracle in the language of human beings, which is untouchable. Oh. And so the greatest facade is to disrupt language itself, because mm. then you've un- you've taken the carpet from underneath what makes human hum- human beings human. Mm-hmm. Because then uh, how yeah, uh, uh, how, uh, how can you speak to anybody? And there's another concept in language now, which is words. A lot of words now are used so vaguely, and this is this is very rife in politics. If you listen to a, if you ever sit with me, and and you and we watch a politician speak. I'll dissect what they're saying and show that they're saying nothing, essentially. Because mm. there's a concept now of words which are plastic, which are, have essentially words that fill in sentences which have no meaning at all. Yeah. Because depending on who you speak to, they have a different definition. And so you can say something vague, which people listen to and eat, like fast food, has no benefit, has no, no value. Essentially going through the motions of pleasing or appeasing a certain group of people so it's it's
2: deliberate sorcery in a way
3: it is i mean it's it's linguistics linguistics is a, is a serious science serious area of study and its basis was on the on, on the fact that you know in islamic we call it semiotics which is kind of ilm al dalalat which is the ability for a word to mean something or indicate something and it can be defined in a dictionary so if somebody says a word you can go into the dictionary and see what it means and then you can hmm. say well you said this and this is what it meant but nowadays we're reaching the point where language is becoming malleable and changeable, and so it has really no value, and that's façade. So the thing about yeah, you were saying we take too long. I have respect for our our scholars, and that's true. And we we could do it. In a, we could do it in a day. We no not in a day. We could do it in a, a session, sort to room.
0: Hmm.
3: And I, in fact, I've done. I mean, I I was invited by MAB, I think, a couple of years hmm. ago to do the youth group, um, to do my favorite chapter. And I said I did sort of hmm, And I did hmm. it in like 30 minutes. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No,
0: but so, so
3: you can, you can, you can do obviously you can do that. And not miss much out. I mean you can just give indicators of the depth of certain things and move on and move on and move on. So there's always um so think with reflections. I mean the show's called Reflections. So the point is to to um to tease out Things that we can think about and reflect upon, and perhaps mm. understand. There's a there's another like when you go, you're going hill walking, aren't you? So there'll be a valley, and there'll be um, a whole scene behind that valley that you're not you're not aware of. Mm. So sometimes you can just say, okay, there's a valley behind there that you can you go go next time you come, and um, but I'm just saying there's a valley. I'm not showing you it. So if you go around and and kind of you know and and, and reflect on the Quran. You can show another area of interest and a value of meaning. Hmm, hmm. So that that's the—I mean—that's the whole point of re- reflecting upon something. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing that's been kind of bothering me, um, reflecting on these ayas. It's a huge, huge uh, claim to have. Uh, there are friends who uh, tune into this program and they. Uh, they're listening in from s- some of them actually are uh, doubting the existence of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the doubting that, you know, the, the, we live in the, uh, or, or the, the claim is they live in, or we live in, we subscribe to the most sophisticated civilization ever existed. And hence the progress. And hence they are at a place they are in terms of tech world, fintech. Artificial intelligence, algorithms, um, uh, and making things easy for humanity uh, during COVID, post COVID, and we're able to do what we're doing. Now, Vava. uh, Yeah, it's a huge claim, huge claim that you're saying this civilization is based on whims and
3: desires, feelings only. Vava. Vava. You know, Vava means. Yeah. You know, you explained to me. I've I've been wondering. But I don't know why it came to my mind actually. Vava, what, uh, what an amazing idea that we're so advanced. Vava, you know, vava. <laughs> yeah. Do you know where vava comes from? I had this theory. Vava you, comes from. Yeah. Do
2: you know vava. where it
3: comes from? It's obviously
2: an, it's an Urdu. Yeah, Urdu maybe you know, Persian. Wah, uh, I don't know. Vava, vava, vava. So what, when do you
3: use it? When do you use it?
2: Um, you can use same, a sarcastic same, it sarcastically. Same, same. Yeah, I mean that's language you can use it. <laughs> you can use subhanAllah wow.
3: You know when somebody does something that yeah, 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 yeah. You can never use expect them to do
2: SubhanAllah for sarcasm SubhanAllah yeah. When you don't really mean subhanAllah you say subhanAllah <laughs> That's No
3: vava is like when somebody does something amazing And you say vava yeah. And then you know when somebody does something You didn't expect from them which is not good You also say vava like, <laughs> All of a sudden it's come out So when people make that kind of claim You know you're saying we're such a Vava um, wow developed society i've got this idea that vava is like wow and wow is it comes from the arabic isn't it it's um mm. and, and the idea is "zid, fa zid you know and yes. more and more you understand so i was yeah. speaking to my friends here he's a he's a calligrapher Kilic, and he's he's a master of persian and he loves languages ottoman and turkish and english and you know and he he loves poetry and all these so i was discussing it with him and, uh, you know, we came to the conclusion that it is the idea of, you know, when you've done something amazing, you're asking, go, keep going. And, and, you know, keep going. Like, uh-huh. Give us some more. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I would say, well, well, okay, tell me more about this <laughs> amazing civilization that you, you know.
2: Yeah, we, we live in most sophisticated times. No, no, I've um... said
3: that before. I've said very clearly that you live in a time when... Um, uh, you know absolute poverty in an absolute sense is less proportionally to the population of the world than ever before so there's no you know the quran says do not deny people their rights and so there is a sense of it's not a denial of the progress of humans to be able to um, engineer and to access you know areas of um, technology that they've never been able to based upon incremental um, you know kind of progress, that's absolutely true but we're not, we're not talking about you know progress in and of itself is not of any use unless we are progressing essentially as human beings so essentially what is it that makes humans humans and in that sense are we progressing, are we reg- regressing and so it's from that perspective in terms of um, how we're leaving the world, how we're you creating even greater monopolies, even greater in, 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 in insecurities, even greater frailties within our existence, to the point that we're bringing our own you know we're at the point you know where we have we're on the precipice of basically neg- finishing our own our whole species off. We ne- in, in, in history we've never been to the point where we've been so close to finishing off our history as a species. Sure. And, okay. and, you know, there's this Armageddon clock. So there's the scientists in the 1960s, because of the proliferation of nuclear weapons they, and environmental degradation, they used to have discussions about, OK, midnight is when everything finishes. So hmm. humanity will finish. Generally, the consensus is that we've been like, you know, five minutes to 12 or two minutes to 12. Or, you know, we're not like one o'clock. We're all the way around. It's a question of when it happens all because of the fact that we're in the precipice of, you know, negating our own existence. And if you look at the the centuries of progress, are also the bloodiest centuries in human history as well. If you look at the last century, you know, over 150 million people killed by other human beings, unprecedented. And in areas where you would, at the centres of progress itself, so it's not as if this was in Africa, where they mm-hmm. would claim that there was no progress, which is <coughs> absolutely not correct at all, you know, in terms of humanity, but these are in the centers of industrialization, progress and technological and scientific discovery. Nobody is saying you don't discover. What we're saying is how do you use the discovery that you have?
2: But there is a certain mindset of tartib of order, mm-hmm. of structures, of processes,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which exists in what we say godless societies. Mm-hmm. And more godly society you you visit, you mm-hmm. see chaos. You see no attention to detail. There mm-hmm. is lack of process, lack of mm-hmm. empathy, lack of
3: yeah. So as you know, that there is not complicated reason for that. There are there are specific reasons for that. The fact that um, you know, for whatever reason, the those more quote unquote godly societies mm-hmm. came under the spell of colonialism and imperialism, which basically, and I've mentioned what was it the the um, the amount of wealth that was taken out of the subcontinent, about like mm. 40, 43 trillion dollars, trillion, not million, billion, trillion. Now, obviously, you know, if, if you want to create the kind of progress you have in the West, you'd have to go to the West and, and basically enslave them and strip them of all their resources and wealth and take it back to your own countries and build it upon the blood of these people. Mm. You know, so. I don't think anybody would listen to this. as an MP, humanist, atheist, to what I've just said, and say that's not that's not correct. That's correct. Historically documented that the the West, in the name of progress, basically enslaved, raped, and pillaged a whole swathes of the of, of the world's populations of what was their wealth, and it still does it. And it's not. It's not as if if you look at the French economy and how it it basically it lives as a parasite of the African nation. It's still going on in terms of its bilateral agreements. Mm-hmm. So n- no one can contest that either. No one's going to come on and say, well, that's not correct. That's correct. That's statistically, scientifically, um, in terms of data, is very clear on that. So the thing is, if we want that progress, do we have to do what they did mm-hmm. to leverage wealth that was not theirs and then create a civilization which you're saying is progressive and peaceful and... Affluent,
0: mm-hmm.
3: You know, if you go to Scandinavia and you, and you and you check the basis of the wealth, apart from, apart from the, the Norway, where a, there's a national um, sovereign wealth fund, which is based upon oil. But, you know, most almost all Western countries are based upon the leverage they had by ransacking, you know, other countries like the, the, the Holland, the, you know, Netherlands, Belgium um, France. Europe, Germany is an exception. What's the but, mindset of uh, arriving at that sheer, powerful, um, hmm.
2: you know, disposition?
3: Well, I think it's dehumanizing the, the other, and it's basically having this this sense that you are going to civilize them, because this is something that is. If you look at all the writings in the 19th and 20th century, and the 18th century as well, from you know, Dutch writers and British writers, all about the, the the savages of the East or the other world, which need to be tamed and and civilized. Mm-hmm. And so, if you look at subcontinent, the whole idea was that they civilize a, a culture there, the Hindu and Muslim cultures. If you look at Africa, it was about civilizing the aboriginal nature of these people. It was all that they were going for a, a good reason, you know, underwritten by the Bible that they would civilize and um, you know educate and spread the christian gospel as well but the point was that it it, it started with this idea that there's there's inferiority biologically in other people and so if you if you've been watching this this show you know the whole idea of of race and color and language is only there to differentiate between people as a way to get to know people, not as a, as a way of classifying s- savages and non-savages. Hmm. So, unfortunately, or fortunately, alhamdulillah, Islam doesn't have that that viewpoint that we're we're going to um, create categories of savages to be able to civilize them. What we do have is, is the complete opposite, which is that everybody has the right to, you know, essentially be who they are. They're all creating an image of. Um, you know the Adam Ali and that's it. I, huh. I think that's, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think that's a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. That's a good thing.
2: Yeah, and this claim of the, the civilization that we um, are experiencing is mm. based on sheer whim. And the 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 the, 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 the first port of call is what I feel right is what should be done. Mm-hmm. The whole civilization is based on this. Mm-hmm. how how can we qualify this claim
3: not the whole civilization i'm, I'm you know there're certain things that they cannot say is based on whim like technical de- technical, technological development can't be based upon whim it has to go through systems mm-hmm. you know you can't build a bridge by saying well i would like like it to you know go up in this direction or that direction you'll have to destroy it because it won't work but the, the where it does work is in terms of values in terms of truth so mm-hmm. that is based upon that's based upon a very personal, very selfish understanding. So the person defines what everyone else can do. Um, and so, you know, th- there's, there's, no, there's, there's not an issue with the development. There's not a real issue with the scientific advancement, which Islam has always, um, as a religious text, has always, you know, um, pushed out the envelope in terms of, you know, progress, in terms of researching, reflecting. In terms of investigating, wondering, and having amazement about the creative force of God, so that we ourselves, you know, can understand it. Mm. There's absolutely nothing there that is um, problematic. In fact, it's complete opposite, which is mm. <coughs> we actually, you know, for a majority of our history, were a, c- a community that did, um, mm. you know, progress and wonder about how to progress as well. So that's not, a, 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 you know, it's not a, a, it's not a damning, damning indictment of Islam. It's a, it's, mm. an, it's an indictment of a society which dehumanized other mm. peoples for three centuries and are living on the interest of that.
2: So mm-hmm. before we go into the ad break uh, in about five to six minutes. So this is um, why
3: it's taking a month to get through this chapter I... because of your questions.
2: <laughs> so before we go into that, just before Ramadan when we were um, choosing the surah, uh, what was surah to go? Uh, I have a, I had a totally different idea of why surah room hmm. than what it's actually come out to be. Mm-hmm. So my my idea was, um, you know, talking to friends here um, uh, about Ukraine and Russia,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and there was a parallel between Romans and uh, the Persians and mm. there's is, there's is also a parallel for me in my head that right, you know, okay. we, we we are you didn't we are, say that to
3: me you just said why don't we do so to room
2: yeah so th- th- there is this uh thing that muslims then were weak muslims mm. now are weak mm. they had they have no political or significance uh now and they never had political significance at that time. They were small. They were downtrodden. They were mm. just a small community. Although we are not a small community. But what what we see, I was looking at the images, some of the images coming out of Masjid Aqsa, for example, mm-hmm. such feeling of helplessness. You know, people are going there to pray and there's young men, women being beaten up by really mm-hmm. armed police, mm-hmm. uh, armed army. Uh, and similar similar things happening. And yet we are we have an opinion about things that's happening around the world uh we we are asked to be informed mm-hmm. so that was my reason of choosing sura rum mm-hmm. it has gone on to you know uh, some more amazing things as as we're discovering you know the, the civilization aspect of the the basis of civilization just a when you're saying oh yeah let's do sura rum and you had some images in your head. I could just see in you, the the twinkle in your eye to say, "Oh yes, okay, mm-hmm. we will do Surah the Room." What was it that you said? Surah the Room is going to be the Surah that we will be discussing in Ramadan.
3: So it was it, the reason I probably a twinkle in my eyes because I was fascinated. It wasn't because I had something in my mind. Yeah. What, so what, what, it was, was it was the idea the the idea of the, the Byzantines. Who are they? Why? What, what? 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 do the Byzantines represent? Because it's an old civilization. Hmm. So what is it? What's What's so fascinating about the Byzantines that they're mentioned, and why should the Quran, for the only time in the Quranic text, mention another civilization which can which is contemporary? So there's no other civilizations that are mentioned in the Quran which are contemporary apart from the Byzantines, and why this is a specific issue, which is the ongoing wars between the Sassanids, Persians, and the Roman Byzantines. So it was more about why would the Quran, <clears throat> you know, take sides on this? Because, hmm. you know, if the Quran says on that day the believers will be joyous, on the on the victory of you know the victory of I Minusri mean, it isn't actually the victory of the Romans because it, it's a, the Battle of Badr takes place at the same time. Um, I was fascinated why the Quran would take sides in between two civilizations. And I kind of in, indicated why I think that is, which is um, Persian civilization is much more self-centered and self-centered meaning will create the rules of how how it deals with human beings and how it deals with God on its own terms. So shirk and polytheism is part and parcel, but also the way that they dealt with humans. And the way the Byzantines work is is, God, is God-centered in some way. And it's also, you know, if you look at some of the, the Caesars, they, they did have um, quite um, a, a deep understanding of ethics and morality as well. And um, the other thing would be the justice that they stood by. So the religious aspect, the kind of ethical aspect, and the idea of justice that Amr ibn al-As mentioned in the famous hadith of a Muslim, <clears throat> that they, they have certain qualities such as protecting the, 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 the weak Coming back from defeat and 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 dealing with affliction, <clears throat> these are all aspire, aspirational qualities that everybody should aspire to, like Muslims as well. So mm-hmm. asked mentioned this as being aspirational. So for me that was important. And um, the, the thing about correlating it to today's society and Muslims taking sides in uh, the contemporary, like the issue of mm-hmm. Russia and essentially NATO, the NATO bloc. Hmm. Um it didn't actually occur to me in that sense. I didn't actually, even though it might have just flickered hmm. past my mind, but I didn't think it it didn't actually me it, I didn't actually think of that and I've not thought of it yet.
0: Hmm.
3: Hmm. Hmm. So maybe we could look at that. But the other thing was that um so Rome is is obviously pinpointing the, the Romans because they will be at our civilizational um opponent throughout history. So mm-hmm. the other thing about, you know, the Prophet said that, you know, the, the because the beginning of that hadith I mentioned of Amr ibn As, that one the companion said that the, the last hour will not come until the Romans are in the ascendancy.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so this, this sense, there's a sense that the Persians will disappear. And this is kind of a prophecy of the Prophet, because he said, may Allah tear up the empire of uh, Khosrow as he tore up my letter, because he tore up the letter of the Prophet that he sent him, mm-hmm. inviting him to Islam. The Prophet said, "May Allah tear that up." And in fact, what happened is they were torn up by Umar uh, ibn al-Khattab in the Battle of um, Qadisiyah. So basically, you know, everything happened, and um, what was left was the Roman Byzantine Empire, and the and then the offshoots of that, which are, you know, the European Union, and then NATO, and then the European European Alliance, and then the the EU. They're all manifestations of that Roman. Um, psyche. So they they represent you know Christianity or post-Christianity, they represent the same peoples. Hmm. And they'll always be in this kind of um parallel you know um existence with Muslims. Hmm. And that's like so, a what, what
2: what Muslims sided with became the opponents because then the the third force was eliminated yeah
3: I wouldn't say opponent uh, even though in history they have been in sense opponents and they have come and yeah the crusades and then in, in, the, in the colonial period so they have been um, yeah opponents would be the best way but despite being opponents there's things that we admire within them mm, so the things mm. you mentioned which is the like progress and all this kind of stuff essentially that's what Amr ibn as mentioned as as their as their saving qualities mm. they have good they have good qualities you know, there's, there, mm. there is a sense of justice. There is a sense, you know, one of the things he mentioned was that they don't let their leaders oppress them. Mm. So there are good qualities there. Um, but the, the thing is always about, okay, at the end of the day, do you do, do deal justly with other peoples or not? So they are, you know, they come back from defeat quickly and they, and they regroup and they deal with difficulties in a way that is um, admirable and so on. Mm. But you know, is is one of these things that a, a group of people that are so uh, admired are also going to be our civilizational, you know, you would say what's the word? um competitors. Are, yeah, competitors, nemesis. Mm-hmm. The nemesis is like the opposite. See
2: so this 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 whole plethora of um, popular psychology. Mm-hmm. Does that stem from that mindset of regrouping, coming back, not retreating for a reason, and then uh, as individual and as society, mm-hmm. that you know how to organize yourself, how to organize uh, uh, an enterprise or a company or a nation mm-hmm. um, and come together for greater benefit, at least for that group? And where mm-hmm. they've lost sight is that. Um, you, you regroup for your own benefit, but at the detriment of the other group.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of, me mean, go into a lot of detail here, but in terms of the economy, the, creating, the creation of distinct, discrete companies which are not related to families and individuals. So one of the reasons there was a book um, published by Princeton, I think it's Princeton Press, um on, you know, the basic reason why Islam did not progress in the way the West did, which was actually to do with contracts, the way the contracts are set out and companies are set up. Mm. Whereas in Islamic law, companies usually have to be associated with individuals, and when they die, the company is dissolved and distributed unless it's passed on. And, you know, with inheritance, it's very difficult to to, unless other people buy other people out. You have to basically distribute it. In the West, they came up with a, um, a company structure which was not related to an individual, but related to an entity or or a name or a mm-hmm. trademark. Mm-hmm. And so, what happened is when the person who who built the company died, because the shares of that company were spread um, amongst lots of people, all that happened was the shares would be then sold or 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 put up for sale or whatever. Which meant that the company remained and it kept progressing. So you'd have a company which went went through you know one generation, two generations. One century, two century, we know who set it up, but it's irrelevant who set it up. Like Lamborghini, you've got Audi, you've got Mercedes, you've got in the car industry, they didn't, they weren't, you know, cut up and and, and inherited. They just continued and progressed and, and invested in research and development. That was something that Islamic law generally um, put us put, um, you know, kind of some kind of restriction upon. For good reason, I would say. Um, so this is a different, I don't want to go into this topic, but you know, the benefit of research and development is there, but the the leverage and the, mon- the monstrosity of what you create when you allow one company to be able to overtake another and just continue to grow and grow and grow, I think we're just starting to kind of understand that now with like the growth of Amazon, for example. If you're against Amazon and, and you don't start to think about the economic Um, factors that lead to Amazon coming into being, then you miss the point. I think that's a proof for Islam, because Islam wouldn't allow one company to create such a monopoly of contracts with their suppliers that it would mean that they basically put them out of business. So, you know, I mean, think of a company, you know, a company can, there's no limit to how big a company can become. So if you look at, you know, companies that we know
2: That alone is such a huge Civilizational responsibility To be able to to understand That's a
3: contract That's that's basically, if you're listening, this is a contract And a business model for a company Which I think has been the the Biggest impactor in why The West progressed and Islam didn't If you want to call progress Mm. Creating, Mm. you know um, Tesla and Amazon And why have you not got a Muslim Amazon And X, Y and Z so it's not having
2: muslim amazon or or tesla i think it's it's having the 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 e- economic progress mm-hmm. which is which brings stability and you're not on the receiving end you're actually on mm-hmm. you're a giver not a taker
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: as 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 a community as a family as a as mm-hmm. a nation as as an, mm-hmm. as an individual mm-hmm. and you're out of competition and mm-hmm. there are, there's got to be some i mean what, what you've been pointed is is insightful for me at least to to know that this is a comparison. That's yeah, yeah. where you I mean, say. The thing it, is, like, it it's
3: not it's not that it's not that the Muslim, Muslim fiqh did not allow that type of company or contract to exist. It just didn't think it um, necessary because it does you know encroach encro- 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 upon monopolistic practices and you know decision making, which is you know kind of spread amongst lots of people. You know, so you have voting and all these kind of things. This is part and parcel of the company structure now and shares and floating and going public and all these kind of things, public floating. So Islamic law, f- for very specific reasons, had was wary of those things. It doesn't mean they can't exist, and they do exist now. You have sovereign wealth funds in Muslim countries, which are essentially permissible in some sense. And that's why you have all these Arabs buying football, t- football teams because mm, mm, mm. like Newcastle, if you follow the Newcastle, um, saga where the Saudi government you know invests in the Newcastle, but all, uh, in, essentially they invest in a way that it's through a company with directors, you know, so it's not a family, it's not like uh, mm-hmm. Salman bin, uh, you know, Bandar or somebody, you know, it's so Bander's an actual work, it's a name, and I don't know. If yes. you know. <laughs> no, so, no, in Glasgow no. University, there's, there's a library <laughs> collection, the Prince Bandar, Prince Bandar collection.
0: Hmm.
3: We've seen it. It's Islamic studies. I benefited from it. May Allah bless him for his his books. Ameen Yaaram.
2: Okay, so time for, at this point we'll go for a, an ad break and inshallah we'll come back with a continuation of Surah al-Rum, some reflections on Surah al-Rum and reflections on the Roman civilization and its offshoots. Ad break and we'll be right back. mere
1: rab kaha تیرے شان جللا جلالا ہوں
2: FM, 21st of Ramadan in Glasgow, Uh, iftar today is going to be at 8.46, inshallah. Um, This is Program Reflections, I'm your host Zubair Akram and with my guest Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad. Surah al-Rum, 30th Surah, and uh, I can ask Faisal please to play the ayahs that uh, we have been discussing. So, ayahs 41
1: to 45, I think.
2: In the name of Allah, the entirely merciful,
0: the especially merciful.
1: Say, O Muhammad,
2: travel through the land and observe how was the end of those before. Most of them were associators of others with Allah.
1: فأقيم وَجَهَكَ لِلدِّينِ الْقَيْمِ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَن يَأْتِيَ يَوْمٌ رَدَّ له من الله يصدعون.
2: So direct your face toward the correct religion before a day comes from Allah of which there is no repelling. That day they will be divided.
1: كفر
0: whoever disbelieves,
2: upon him is the consequence of his disbelief. And whoever does righteousness, they are for themselves preparing.
1: That
2: he may reward those who have believed and done righteous deeds out of his bounty. Indeed, he does not like the disbelievers. صَدَقَ <laughs> اللَّهُ आज की ये जो आयत है यहां से 42 से अह के कुलसीरु कैफ काना عاقبت الذین है जिसने तुमको पैदा किया फिर तुम्हें रिस्क दिया फिर तुम्हें मौत देता है फिर वो तुम्हें जिंदा करेगा क्या तुम्हारे ठहराए शरीकों में कोई ऐसा है जो इनमें से कोई ऐसा काम करता हो पाक है है اس شرک سے جو علیک کرتے ہیں خوشکی اور تری میں فساد برپا ہو گیا لوگوں کو اپنے ہاتھوں کی کمائی سے تاکہ مزا چکھائے ان کو ان کے بازہ مالکہ شاید کہ وہ بازہ ہیں اور پھر یہ آج کی آیت کہ اے نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم ان سے کہو کہ زمین میں چل پھر کر دیکھو پہلے گزرے ہوئے لوگوں पसੇ ਨਬੀ, ਆਪਣਾ ਰੂਖ, मजबूती के साथ जमा दो इस दीने रास के संत में कब्ल इसके कि वो दिन आए जिसके टल जाने की कोई सूरत अल्लाह की तरफ से नहीं है उस दिन लोग फटकर एक दूसरे से अलग हो जाएंगे जिसने कुफर किया है उसके कुफर का बबाल उसी पर है। Sheikh फोकस आया, I would say would be um, number forty three um for 40 uh 3 and yeah 42 and 43 ul siru and then Fahim aqim al-qayyim so 42 43 yeah yes
3: yeah, so we, we did actually discuss i think the the um the the forty-third. i think 40 no forty-second. Um, yeah siru yeah, so this this is connected to this idea of fasad, which is Allah is saying that fasad has appeared in the heavens, on the and the earth, and on the in the oceans, and on account of what people have done. And so from that, you know, there needs to be some kind of evidence. Like you can't just make a claim and not have evidence. So Allah says, "Qul siru fil so tells you, "O Muhammad Alaihi and tell people, or yourself, travel in the earth and look at the the, the, the just desserts or the the end." Game of those That came um, Before you And The the reality of those people Was that most of them were In a state of um, polytheism, Associating partners With Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala As we said Yesterday The issue of shirk Is about You know Corrupting your belief And also corrupting Your decision making process Which then leads to corruption In the way that you do things Um, So Allah says Once that's been established that, That disruption and and disharmony is existing and you've verified it through traveling and you've seen that the reason for that is based upon how they make their decisions. Allah says established and and set yourself truly and and, and wholeheartedly for the upright way of life. Deen al-Qayyim why because that's the way that you avert and stop the facade that's the way you stop the disharmony and corruption and and dis, uh, you know um disregard for norms that we see in society why because allah says min qabli la so before you see the effect of that not only on earth which is what was spoken about previously but on the day that there's no repulsing so in, in a sense what's being said is Okay the facade, If it appears on earth You know the world will come to an end But the effect of poor actions And shirk And injustice Will have to be answered On the day of judgment And And on that day At that time People will be in um, Convulsions oh. So The convulsions will be based upon the fact That they have themselves In um, to face the responsibility of what they did so this is like there's a perfect you know kind of cycle of there's a problem we're seeing the problem go and check the problem out okay now you sort yourselves out by turning back to the upright way of life and you will have to because even if you get away from the diff- difficulties and disruption of earth you'll have to answer on the day of judgment and that on that day you will be in a state of convulsion and, and that's the basic cycle of meaning it's very it's a, it's a, it's a very simple cycle of meaning. you don't have to go into mm. uh, much detail because that's the basic you know kind of you know kind of thread of the discussion itself you know problem observation verifying the problem sort the problem out because you can't hide it under the carpet that's the kind of issue so we've got a, a you know a, a leak. You see, there's a leak. Somebody comes and hmm. checks it. Hmm. You have to fix it because if you don't fix it, it's going to come and continue, and you know, you know, it's not going to go away. And so it's the same analysis, which is a problem. Check it out. This is why it's there. Sort it out through this course of action, and that's in this in human life. That's the same thing. You know, so qu-
2: Quran, Quran being hudal in Nas, right? Mm-hmm. So um, and Quran being the book which. As, insan as its main, um, uh, main topic, or uh, it it talks about me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the 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 recipient is whoever is the reading, Mm -hmm. the person who reads is the recipient of that, is book for me. So this is quite a philosophical thing, of traveling, or outcome of travel. Mm-hmm. For Hudal for masses, how mm-hmm. does this ayah how can how should they relate to this ayah? Yeah,
3: so I mean most people until recently, until all this technology you keep talking about existed, you couldn't travel for fun. It wasn't like it's very it's it's only the, the Victorian period that you really have people that travel in a, an organized way for um you would say kind of the concept of holiday, yeah, the whole concept of holiday and relaxation and a break and a vacation, hmm. you know, it's probably 19th century kind of, and and this is why Thomas Cook, I don't know if, is it gone bankrupt? Thomas Cook, yeah, it has. Okay, nice. and so this part, of, you know, the COVID has put to put to bed many. Uh, you know, Thomas Cook, I think one of the the first trips it took was the the, the pilgrimage, I'm sure. So there's some kind of I don't know if you ha- read this, but Thomas Cook, if you can search it, I'm sure somebody can search it and tell me. But I'm sure I read that Thomas Cook <clears throat> organized one of the first kind of organized um, trips to Hajj or, or a pilgrimage to, to Mecca till Muqarrama. Mm-hmm. And so that whole idea was something that you just had to do yourself and, and had people facilitating it, but it wasn't for fun. It was for um, religious reasons. And so you had pilgrimages in the past. You never had, um, you know, traveling for the sake of, you know, going to see a city and then just going and eating food there and coming back. I was speaking to somebody a couple, two, two days ago and they were saying their mother's going somewhere to a city and she goes there only to eat the food and come back. So, you know, obviously that's, that's, that in the past would take about a month to get to. And um, now you can just book it. A day and come back and then taste the food and come back it's a very mm. modern um, privilege that we have even a king mm. in the past or a queen couldn't do that but um the thing about this today is that it's different from the past so in the past it was either for trade you traveled you know you, you went to a city bought things brought them back and sold them in profit or you mm-hmm. went for your, your your conscript that was sent as a, a soldier to a city or essentially you had to leave because of war. Oh. Um so the idea of traveling just to take notes and reflect was a very novel idea. But the Quran here is indicating something which is, you know, when it says why should you travel, it's interesting. It's actually saying not for trade, not for not for, you know, war, not for the fact that you're you're displaced or you're you're a refugee. It is for observation. Oh. So, so this is actually interesting because, you know, that concept doesn't really didn't really exist at the time at all. That you travel to reflect and to take notes and to and to record and to um, analyze why things happen and why why civilizations went into decline and went into ascendancy. What were the reasons for their downfall? That's something very very modern. You know, that's
2: but that... but uh, pragmatism. So uh, we are where we are in in mm-hmm. in the point of history, and people migrate. People just have mm-hmm. a choice of where they would like to live, mm-hmm. uh, and and they exercise their choice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what, what, so in in this thing, where you're saying oh, it's not really Islamic to travel. It's not really a Muslim thing to do. No, no, I'm saying the for
3: opposite. no reason. I, I'm no, I'm saying the opposite. Islam. With this verse, I just realized it's the first time that there's a reason given for traveling, which is just to reflect and to benefit. Mm. So obviously the thing about traveling and going on a holiday because you can, is this a result of technological advancement that you have means of um, transport that can take you really far very quickly. And Abdul Hayal Kittani, um, he's got a book actually on the railroad when it was made in, in the in the early 20th century hmm. late 19th early 20th century he said that was basically the, the sign you know the, the, the railroad going from istanbul to madate manawara he said it was a sign of the end of times but a good sign so basically you know Sakat al-hadid this kind of idea of a rail track iron rail track all the way there he considered to be you know you know one of the signs of taqarub zaman which is the kind of constriction of time what mm-hmm. would take months to do now takes days to do
0: mm-hmm.
3: and so you know the thing here is allah is saying travel in the earth for what reason not for trade not for um you know the reasons why people did because like even families like my family i've, t- I've been told emigrated from palestine to with the first kind of um expeditions with Muhammad bin Qasim to hmm. Sindh. So the, the whole idea was they travel not to or whatever. You know, it's not, not resonating with all these verses that come up in the Quran. It was to do with the fact that they were conscripted and went as facilitators for uh, the expansion project of the Arab Muslim armies at the time. And so that was, it was not to travel to relax or to it was it was a, it was an exp- expedition and an adventure but a military mm. one if, if anything but the quran here is is giving a different category of reasons for travel which is to reflect and to observe civilizations that came before you so when you go and you look at a different civilization and you look at how they developed how they finished and most major historical cities now when you go you will you will by nature have to observe you know, what happened to them. I and mean, if you look at any major city like Constantinople um, became the capital of the, of the Roman, uh, Eastern Roman Empire in, in the middle, mid-4th century. You know, the mid-5th century, the, the Rome, the Rome itself, in which is now in Italy, was basically overrun by the Germanic people. And so you could go to Rome and you could see how the Roman Empire, you know, Odovajar, who, who kind of you know, he kind of took over and, and to deposed the, 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 the Caesar at the time. You know, that's a whole history of how that happened. The Roman Empire, which was so expansive all the way to the to the borders of Scotland and all the way around Africa and, and so on. It just, you know, slowly became corrupted and slowly started going to decline. And so the Quran saying all these civilizations that you see, they rise and they fall. And the whole point is never consider your own civilization to be one that's going to rise at all times and never fall.
2: Hmm. So this is but, but but if your civilization is based on Quranic texts, prophetic tradition, mm-hmm. should it not have the right to to rise? No,
3: not not not, not, necessarily. not necessarily. Is it so? Is it based upon what you've said or not? Um, hmm. And we don't we don't observe. Or, or mark, you know, sup- the superiority of a teaching based upon material um, success. You know, the mm. fact that the, the Prophet passed away, the, the landmass that was under Muslim rule was, you know, essentially just the the main peninsula of Arabia. If that, mm. the extremities were still kind of loosely allied with either the Persian, the Persians at the time the Prophet was passing away, either with the Persians or the Romans. Or the Ethiopians. So it wasn't a sign of success or not, the sign of success was what you left behind in terms of teaching and, and what you left by, behind in terms of human beings and um, that fulfilled the, the covenant with God and that was it. It's not that Muslim society and, and community has to be, you know, economically higher GDP than, you know, Western countries and all these things but what it should have is a way of, you know, existing which is ethical, which is transparent, which is based on meritocracy, which is based on, you know, fulfilling the rights of the the people that are downtrodden, and so on. That's the marker of of a successful society, not how many you know, companies it has in the, if you know the kind of Dow Jones or, mm. you know, kind of material things, or you know how many nuclear weapons it has or whatever. I don't think we could. You know, why should we use material? Markers to show superiority of teaching. So but having said that, you know, it, it goes without that saying that if you if you stick to the Quranic teachings and the prophetic teachings on how you order society, how you 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 basically create wealth, you will have a successful society in the ascendancy, which actually happened as soon as the Prophet. You know his teachings were implemented. That's what happened. The Muslim civilizations basically hmm. um spread ex- you know to a way that is considered in his human history an anomaly how they spread from a small you know village essentially of just around ten thousand people remember you know with his annexes around in Medi all the way to China all the way to France within a generation hmm. of the same people who'd sat in those those date palms eating dates were now. You know, touching Paris—that <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: is a—that is—that is a direct result of the teaching. Not—not not ornaments, not—and they can't explain it. They can't explain. It wasn't because they developed a new type of sword, or you know, a specific type of firearm, or they had a new system of warfare. Nothing. None of those military explanations are forthcoming. The only thing they—they they had was a teaching. Mm. And so, mm-hmm. it is, you know, in a sense, you, if I backtrack slightly, there is um, a definite correlation with success, but not material, it's kind of acceptance of the teachings.
2: Uh, the Reflections Program, Surah Al-Room, uh, the third verse of quran program hakim which we are talking about in this program, uh, or we are trying to understand it with Sheikh Rizwan. आज की जो फोकल आयत रही आज के निशस्त की वो 41 और 42 कुलसिरु फिल अर्थ ए नबी सल्लल्लाहु अलैहि वसल्लम से कहो कि जमीन में चल फिर कर देखो पहले गुजरे हुए लोगों का क्या अंजाम हो चुका और इनमें से मुशरिक ही थे फसह नबी अपना रुख मजबूती के साथ इस दीन रास के में कब इसके कि जिसके तल जाने की कोई सूरत अल्लाह की तरफ से नहीं है इससे पहले कि मैं शेख से कहूं कि आज की इस नशिस की समरी और हमारे लिए जो चीजें रेलेवेंट हैं उस पे कुछ थोड़ी हमें नसीहत करें आज की इस नशिस में जो हमने सीखा वो बहुत ही खूबसूरत असबाक हैं सबसे पहला बात तो ये सबसे पहली बात ये है कि हमने सूरह रूम को क्यों चुना और जो रीजंस थी उनमें से यह समझना जरूरी है कि किस तरह से रूमियों ने फारसियों को शिकस्त से शिकस्त हुए और उसके बाद उन्हें शिकस्त और जब वो इलिमिनेट हो गए तो अब दो ही पावर्स जो हैं वो पैरेलल चलती रही तमाम हिस्ट्री में रोमंस और मुसलमान और जो के उस वक्त से लेकर के आज तक एक तरह से एक दूसरे के मध्य मुकाबिल हैं अपने खयालात में अपने اپنی छाप جو انسانیت پہ رکھی انہی دو سیولیزیشنز نے رکھی اور دونوں میں بہت سی قدریں مشترک ہیں اور جہاں جہاں پہ وہی سے रूगर्दानी की کی گئی وہاں وہاں پہ آپ اس کے اثرات دیکھتے ہیں کہ جہاں डिजायर اور ڈیزائر وہاں خواہش نفس اور اپنی خواہش کو مقدم رکھا گیا اللہ تعالیٰ کے احکامات پہ وہاں وہاں پہ انسانیت نے ٹھوکر اور میں نے اور آپ نے جب اس کام کو سیکھ لیا کہ बिल्कुल कल का और आज का जो वक्त है वह अगर मजे में गुजर जाए और हम आयंदा की फिकर करना छोड़ दें वह खैद वह अबका का सबक जो है उसको छोड़ दे तो हम इंडिविजुली भी और सोसाइटी के तौर पर भी ठोकर खाते हैं और परेशानियों का शिकार हो जाते हैं इसको चराते हुए आज हम में 40 आयत अपना रुख मजबूती के साथ जमादो इस दिने रास क سمت میں قبل اس کے کہ وہ دن آئے جس کے ٹل جانے کی کوئی صورت اللہ کی طرف سے نہیں ہے۔ گویا ہمیں یہ حکم دیا گیا نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کے توسط سے کہ تمام چیزوں کو چھوڑ کے اپنا رخ یقینی طور پہ دل کی مضبوطی کے ساتھ اللہ کی طرف کر لیا جائے اس کے احکامات کو پہچانا جائے اس Sheikh uh, final few moments and if you could let us uh, have a bit of a summary of uh, what we've done today
3: yeah asmin rahman rahim so today we kind of got, we kind of reflected upon the in fact the first part I can't actually remember what the first part was the first half hour was something um i have actually forgotten about the first. What was the first part before? The... First
2: was we, First was why we chose al Rum.
3: Ah, okay. Yes, yeah, so was... we actually ended up going back in memory lane. So why did we choose yeah. the chapter? Your perception was, the Ukrainian and Russian war, two sides. Which side? Which side should Muslims, you know, you know, support? And you were saying a lot of people were thinking about that. So the source, the, the Quran, has a parallel in al Rum, which is the Persians and Romans at the time unconnected to the Muslims, but there was one side that seemed to be more, um, you know, closer to the Muslim perception than the other and closer in terms of belief and, and ethics. And so we were kind of reflecting upon the fact that the Roman Empire was built upon certain pillars of justice, certain ideas of religiosity that resonated with Islam and Muslims. And therefore, that was the reason why the Quran starts this off, but also it's a prophecy which became true, which became one of the greatest proofs of the Prophet's veracity and truthfulness. And then we we started to then discuss this whole idea of traveling in the earth because the Quran talks about it, mm. and we were kind of discussing the issue of why do people travel? In the past, people travel for very serious reasons, never for enjo- enjoyment, never for reflection, never for reflection, never for um, a vacation. So this is a very modern thing, but the Qur'an provided here something I think was very interesting, which is the first time I've kind of understood the idea that you travel to reflect and to take note of previous civilizations and to take heed so that you then come back with some kind of lessons. And the lessons are that every society rises and falls. And when you see it throughout human history, never think that the society within which you live will always be in the ascendancy. And that, that fragility of even things you think are set in stone gives you the reason and impetus to then hold on to something that you know will never fall, never going to decay, which is teachings, which is principles, which is values, which is, you know, um, common, we call common decencies. So nothing should make you get to the point that you sell out on those basic principles or so basic values. And this chapter, in fact, if you think about it, is all about fitra. It's all about the primordial, pure nature of human beings. It's about keeping the balance. It's about anti-corruption. It's about anti-harmony. Um, it's about creating you know, a situation where you have all those things in place that create complete tranquility in families and societies and cultures. And so the chapter is kind of shining a light on how or- you order society at a deep, deep level. Because if you reflect, you will reflect upon the fact and come to the conclusion that you should create an ordered society Which is godlike, is godly, it is ethical, it is transparent Because the reason for that is that you will be brought in front of Allah مردله, A day in which there's no repulsing what God wanting to happen, happening hmm. And so the responsibility falls on your shoulders hmm. That Things that you think are greater than Islam now are not going to last forever What remains are your, your actions, your deeds and your principles. And so, you know, you never sell out your principles just because, you know, you see another civilization in the ascendancy. If the civilization is based upon facade hmm. and, you know, qualities and principles that even they themselves are now are trying to rectify by ethical trading and by fighting against people that corrupt the environment, it's very important that we actually take that on board as well, inshallah.
2: Jazakallah <laughs> khair. Um, Today, iftar is at 8.46 uh, in Glasgow, 21st of Ramadan. Until tomorrow, half past seven, uh, with more reflections. Assalamu alaikum wa wa <laughs>
0: Sharikh, la Sharikh,